Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Compatibility. Final hour of the program. It is the nightcap here on VSIN. Week two of the NFL season in the books. Now we turn the page, look ahead to week three for the NFL, which will start on Thursday night. Carolina Panthers taking on the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half point road favorites for the Carolina Panthers. The college football slate gets going with a which heading into the weekend looked a little more tastier than Marshall blows a 17 point lead and loses to East Carolina. And they are now on the road at App State taking on the Mountaineers. That'll be a Thursday nighter as well. That's Sean King, former Tulane Green Wave. Great. Let's just forget about what happened to the Green Wave over the weekend. (laughs) And uh, I am Tim Murray. Let's bring in Brad Powers, though, uh, as he was no doubt firing away yesterday when the Circa line openers started at uh, 11 a.m. local time. I want to get to a game that you had mentioned last week uh, because you said you would be here ready to fire uh, curious, did you lay the points with Wisconsin? Because it feels like some of that sharp action moved that line pretty quickly, Brad. Went as high as six and a half, I saw before right now settling either five and a half or six in favor of Wisconsin. Yeah, that's probably me. I max um, bet Wisconsin. Uh, I just think it's, uh, you know, Notre Dame can play their best game of the season and still lose the game by seven points. I mean, that's, uh, I just think it's a really bad matchup for the Irish. Uh, there's especially their offensive line against Wisconsin's, you know, defensive front seven. I think in order for Notre Dame to win, they're going to have to hit a bunch of big plays, something that they weren't able to do, or at least misfired on more than a few against Purdue. And they're also going to need Wisconsin to continue to, you know, have miscues in the red zone, because I think we'd be talking about Wisconsin as a top five team. If they somehow punch it in against Penn state and, don't throw a 100-yard pick six against Eastern Michigan. I think more people would be talking about the Badgers. What do you think about this total? Uh, I played under 47.5 at open. It's moved a little bit down to 46.5 most spots. There's a 47 I see uh, as well out there. You know, as you mentioned, I think Notre Dame could struggle offensively against Wisconsin, especially with that defensive front, and nothing has been really inspiring about Wisconsin offensively. And the Notre Dame defense... I think they figured some things out. Uh, granted, it was against Purdue, but it looks like they're getting a little bit better. So, what did you make of the total at forty-seven and a half at open? Well, I think you got a really good bet, and uh, shame on me for being so, you know, blind, you know, tunnel vision, thinking about the side and not betting, you know, also the under, because I—that's the only way I could go in this game. I do think Notre Dame will be able to shut down Wisconsin a little bit, but I mean. The, the Badgers have moved the football. They just haven't, you know, punches in the end zone. It's been their issue. Uh, 
And I expect them, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously, Graham Mertz going to have to play better than what he did, uh, especially against Penn State. So, I, it, it's tough betting unders in the 40s yeah. in today's day and age of college football, but I think you got a really good number at 47.5, and I would still lean under at 46.5. Hey, Brad, move to the state of Michigan. Big 10, Michigan, Michigan State, 6-0. and What's your take on both programs? Who do you think has the best chance to win the Big 10? Well, you know, obviously, I, I thought both were going to be improved this year, but obviously I didn't think they'd be they'd look this good, especially Michigan. I mean, you look at the Wolverines. I mean, they're 3-0 and against the number, but they've covered those games by an average of 19 points per game. That's the best in the country. So huge upgrade to Michigan. I mean, I'm, I got a borderline top 10 team right now in my power ranks. That's how dominant the Wolverines have been. So I, I think they have the best chance. Uh, Michigan, that's nothing against Michigan State, who I, I mean, I have Sparty, a uh, borderline top 25 team at this point. I, I really look forward uh, to that game but between those two. I, and, and we'll see this week. I, I think both teams have, you know, but, you know, they deserve to be favored. Obviously, Michigan, a big favorite against Rutgers, and Michigan State's got a test against Nebraska. But uh, we'll see more about both those teams this week. I think uh, if they can both get wins and covers this week, then, then, uh, then we can talk about them, you know, competing with Ohio State and Penn State in that side of the division. Talk once again to Brad Powers. He'll join us every Monday. First uh, glance at the uh, at the board before. Well, I mean, there's already been movement in the board, as we all know. But uh, as the week goes on, so it's a it's a fresh look. Uh, let's get to Clemson and North Carolina State because the offense for Clemson has been. Uh, not good, uh, especially against FBS foes. Uh, the the off the defense has been tremendous. They haven't allowed a, a touchdown yet uh, this season, so the defense is good. Um, you know, Skalski making a tremendous play on the shovel pass uh, to essentially lock up the win on fourth and goal against Georgia Tech. But this seems like a spot where it's a lot of points. You know, you could have got eleven. It's now down to ten, pretty much across the board. Even some nine and a halfs out there. But NC State dealing with the injuries that they have, especially in that defensive side of the ball, Brad. What do your numbers say uh, about Clemson at NC State on Saturday? Yeah, call me square, but I like Clemson here. I just think it's too short of a number. And I haven't been as big of a Wolfpack guy as the rest of the country this offseason. Uh, I mean, I thought the Mississippi State game showed a little bit more of their true self. I mean, uh, beating and covering South Florida. And against an FCS foe last week just doesn't move the needle for me. You know what you're getting with Clemson's defense, so it's going to be incredibly tough for NC State to score, in my opinion. And I just expect, <laughs> I guess I probably would expect it in the Georgia Tech game. But, but I will say this, uh, on Clemson's behalf, when you have a two-hour weather delay, that usually is not boding well for the big favorite. Uh, I mean, half your fans come back, and it's a sleepy environment. I've seen it time and time and time again, so... I'll give them, you know, uh, the a mulligan for that one. And, and I, I think that the 10 is too light. You know, you, I always talk about my good bets here. How about a really bad bet? I like 12 with Clemson. That's how much I like the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> nine and three team, Brad. We talked about this before the Who season. Who are the two losses? They're you can't coming. just keep saying nine and three. They're coming. They almost lost Boston, to Georgia Tech. Boston College with uh, no quarterback? They almost lost to Georgia <laughs> Tech at home. But they didn't. I know. But they didn't. I, I ran into Jeff Collins. Like all the plays they practiced since last March, and he comes up with a darn shovel pass. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at that schedule. Who's it going to be? I'm UConn? Just... Yeah, UConn, November 13th. All right. You're going to get them? Okay. Uh, yeah, you look. If you said under 11 and a half, I'd say that's a great bet because you already, you already won it. Nine and three. Okay. We, we agree to disagree on that one. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned Mississippi State. I was on Memphis this weekend. Uh, I think a bit fortunate to get that one home. Uh, pretty shoddy uh, refereeing on a on a punt return there for uh, for uh, for Memphis. They so, apologize. Everything's okay. Yeah. So now uh, Mississippi State's <laughs> now they get the win. Uh, so Mississippi State's at home. Uh, big loss for LSU. Andre Anthony, their defensive end, done Not for the year. year. Huge loss for them. And I'm telling you right now, Brad, I can I know where the public's going. They're seeing under a field goal for a team that uh, uh, for LSU, and they're playing Mississippi State, who just lost to 
uh, Memphis, they're going to lay it with the Tigers. Uh, what do you see in this one? Because I kind of like the home team in this spot. I do too, and shame on me for missing the, you know, the early number. I, I mean, professional money on Mississippi State drove that right through three. You know, that, that was earlier today, and I just I missed it flat out. So uh, I think that's definitely the right side. Uh, Mississippi State, it wasn't just, you know, the return. I mean, they dominated Memphis in the box score. I mean, should, obviously should have won the game. I'm just not buying LSU yet. Just something doesn't feel right for them. So, you know, but now I just, you know, forget the, you know, I can't get above a field goal. So let's just take Mississippi State on the money line. They win. Yeah, I played it today. I played Mississippi State on the money line. All right, let's get to um, one of the, you know, it's funny how the, the, the schedule makes, the, the schedule plays out, Brad, because... Illinois wins that game week zero against Nebraska. Who comes to town? Good old Roadrunners. Meep, meep. Take care of business, win that game outright. And now Memphis gets this huge win over Mississippi State. Guess who's coming to town? The Roadrunners. Mississippi State, or Memphis hosting UTSA north of a field goal. Uh, I grabbed it at four for UTSA. I'm, I'm pretty high on the Roadrunners. Uh, is, is this a good spot to fade Memphis north of a field goal? I think so. Uh, a couple of inside-out handicaps. Uh, I mean, Memphis wins, but box score says they should have gotten beat by probably double digits against Mississippi State. UTSA is right around the number last week against Middle Tennessee. That was very misleading as well because UTSA was up 27 nothing with about three minutes left. So uh, I think UTSA clearly is the right side here. That's where the money is going. And usually, you're gonna. It's gonna be very tough for me to disagree with early week money because. Half the time, it's, it's I'm part of it, and the other half of the time, you got to respect early professional money because the public ain't betting until game day. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good. That's a good point. When you see that line move, <laughs> you want to be on that side. Uh, Brad, we got about a minute or so. Last week, got to give you kudos. Tip of the cap to you uh, on the show. You said play Texas A&M right now minus twenty eight. The number's mm-hmm. gone overreacted too much. They went thirty four to nothing. So, is there anything jumping out at you that you just think is is a bit off right now on the board? Yeah, New Mexico should be favored over UTEP. So uh, I played against the Lobos last week. Uh, I don't understand this line. This week, uh, I'm going with the Lobos. I know UTEP's off a bye, but New Mexico, I just, I don't understand it. My numbers were very, very anti-New Mexico a week ago. Now they're <laughs> as pro-New Mexico as anything on the board. So I like the Lobos to beat UTEP. All right. Looks like I got some uh, a game to watch on my flight back from Chicago. Ho- <laughs> Hopefully Brad is very wrong, and uh, I'm not miserable, but I tend to agree with Brad. I don't think it's, it's only a good when matchup. people get beat up, they sleep. So, <laughs> you'll probably be asleep. <laughs> hey, Brad, appreciate it as always, man. Thanks, we'll talk Brad. to you next week. All right, take care, guys. There he is, Brad Powers. You're mean. You are mean. Well, Notre Dame's going to lose to Wisconsin, so you're going to be... Your alma mater lost by 40. Why you got to spring up old stuff? Because you're being mean. Bully. It's Nightcap here on Peace. <laughs> this is the Nightcap on Peace the sports betting network. Nightcap here on VEASAN. Thanks, as always, to Brad Powers. And I'd be more thankful if he didn't max bet Wisconsin, but, you know, such is life. Actually, was mad he didn't get here sooner. <laughs> You're going to be so hurt. I'm going to live tweet and text you. All right, again, if you want. I'll be there. I, I would have I texted you, but you were napping when uh, Ole Miss scored. I mean, it was late. It was a late game. It was like 7 o'clock. But I've been up. Since when? Early. What is early? I mean, the first I was game on single. Play, the I first was on game single. started at nine. Yeah. Uh huh. So eight forty-five. I mean, I'm already set up. Got all the TVs on the right channels. Okay. I've already went somewhere and got breakfast. Okay. You know, did the whole nine. And from then until seven p.m. was a long time of doing nothing. Still, though, you get fatigued. Like, when you watch the game like I watch the game. You've never watched a game with me. So, like, it's a little unique experience. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have my coordinator hat on, and I have my fan hat on, 
and I have my nightcap host hat on all at the same time. So it's very fatiguing. Okay. You ever been around a genius and like, nope, after don't know like what that process like. and compute all the information, they're just, they need a. Man, you think pretty highly of yourself. I didn't say I was a genius. I could have been talking about you Aaron. Said, but I most likely was talking about me. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're watching these games with Aaron. I just like how you just tried to explain to me why, <laughs> why you needed to take a nap at 7 o'clock in the afternoon or 7 o'clock in the evening. Because your brain has to <laughs> recharge slightly. <laughs> uh, it was late. Game kicked at like five o'clock. And I knew that I had to get up the following morning and do the whole thing over again because the NFL was coming. At 10 o'clock. Like if you were going to tell me, you've got four kids. If you were like running around with the Rugrats and like, okay, but. That too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the afterthought. <laughs> no, that too. I actually was home though for the, uh, the two-lane game. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you were napping in your bed. Yeah. I didn't. I figured I you were. Up. I figured you weren't napping on a chair and, and I, somewhere I at, a, up and I was, at a sports book. I was like, "What happened?" Oh. I thought we were SEC team. I thought we had a chance to win. <laughs> you this. had the greenie helmets. Come on, jeez. <laughs> we should have saved those for oh, later. Oh man. Oh boy. Oh boy's right. Um, Packers win tonight. Aaron uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted this out. Aaron Jones becomes the first player to record four touchdowns on Monday Night Football since. Marshall Falk did it against the Buccaneers in 2000. In a game we won. Now, who played for the Buccaneers? In a game we won. Put put that on there, please. I was was setting you up, man. All right. Jeez, Louise. I got the box score here. Do it faster. It's for dramatic pause, Mr. Genius, who takes a nap at 6 o'clock on a Saturday after watching all this exhausting football. Hey, man. And you see the game like I see the game. <laughs> that prism takes energy. All right. So you just watch the game as a casual, and you yell at the screen and I didn't, argue with the refs like they could hear you. You've never watched a game with me. Facts. I don't. I don't appreciate. You're right. So I don't, I don't appreciate I, this assumption. I have watched the game with you before. I do it every night. That's true. You do. <laughs> I see <laughs> you. I see with you. I wouldn't say anything special about it. Well, because I don't really go into depth because we're on air. Mm. Thank Our listeners, thank you for that. Um, 38-35, I want to take you back. 2,000, Sean King, two touchdown passes. Man, your completion percentage could get a little better. I threw away a couple balls that I probably should have just took the sack on. Uh, Warwick Dunn, man. Woo! 22 for a buck 45 in that game. Just give the ball. So I got, Let him eat. I got really unlucky. I threw a swing pass to Warwick that he took for like a 60-yard touchdown, and they called it a run. What? Yeah. They put it in as a run, a touchdown run, instead of a touchdown pass. Oh, he pass. threw it behind the line yeah, of it was like parallel. Behind, yeah, 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 it was yeah. like parallel. I got, I got hosed. So you should have had three touchdown passes. Yeah. And you would have had over 300 yards passing. Yeah, so they got me. How does a game a year prior end 11 to 6? I know, right? <laughs> In the NFC Championship game, and then the following year, Monday Night Football, uh, you guys beat them 38-35. And it was for a playoff berth. Like, the winner would, the winner clinched the playoff berth at that point. Good Lord, that game, that had some fireworks. By the way, you know Keyshawn Johnson's joining the show later this week? Yeah, yeah, I heard. Seven catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns for yeah, Keyshawn man. in that game. That atmosphere at Ray J that night, still probably one of the most electric environments I've ever been in. Because of what had happened the previous year in the NFC Championship game. And because of what was at stake and on the line. They had beaten us, the Bert Emanuel catch, in a game that we thought we were on our way to win. We were driving. I fully believe if that doesn't get overturned, we're going to win that game. They go on win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now both teams kind of started slow, have gotten hot, and this is to clinch a playoff berth. And Tampa it, showed up and showed out, and we gave them a victory. This guy right here. Yeah. Quarterback. Two touchdown passes. I had hair. It's all right. Yeah, I miss my hair. You do? Yeah. yeah, but you still go to the barber. Get your hair did. Yeah, pampering. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron wants to know, do you remember how that game ended? I don't know how it ended. Aaron's the super fan back there. Uh, They had the ball. I think John Lynch intercepted Kurt Warner, and then we kneeled victory, if I'm not mistaken. Sound right. 
Oh, there was uh, a gun touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I threw a fade route to uh, Redell Anthony that was a little off target. He caught it, but ultimately didn't score. And then we uh, tossed the ball to work. I think he jumped from like the five <laughs> over the pile. <laughs> So, the reason we bring that up, Aaron Jones, four touchdowns today. Most on a Monday Night Football since. game since Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk in 2000 in a losing effort yep. against my partner right here, Sean King. All right, let's do some news and notes, uh, some injury news. Uh, I'll start with the quarterbacks. Tua, bruised ribs, fortunately did not show additional cartilage damage. Status for Sunday here in Las Vegas against the Raiders, up in the air. He's considered by Brian Flores, day to day. Yeah, that's a tough flight if your ribs hurt. Oof. Sitting on that plane, not being able to get comfortable. It's a long flight. Uh, Carson Wentz, two sprained ankles. One high, one regular. Uh, that according, <laughs> uh, we do not know if he'll be uh, able to play. Uh, that's Aaron Oster's stepbrother. Coming up this weekend. Man, that's just mean. You, you're taking shots. Just saying. I mean, that's something Aaron would say. If, any, if anything, he should be my guy because he's Team Ginger. And that shuffle pass was just, I can't believe I got the cover. I had the Colts, and I saw that shuffle pass. I'm like, this the is, fact that he threw it right like, to the Rams this defender. Is, this is like, doomed. Come on, Carson. Absolutely doomed. Then we get a block punt, and we were able to get it, it down. Bad. Got it home. Uh, good news for the Steelers. TJ Watt, groin injury, does have a chance to play this weekend when the Pittsburgh Steelers host the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, he was beasting. And then all of a sudden, I think he re-aggravated it. It's something that's been kind of lingering. And then he was out for the game. And who knows what would have happened. I might still be alive and survivor if he doesn't get hurt. He, and, of course, I learned at game time that Devin Bush wasn't playing. Then Alamalu got hurt. Like, I was like, okay. Not meant for me. Another guy that's been playing really well, uh, Josie Jewell, the linebacker for the Broncos, torn peck out for the season. That's Jerry Judy, now this. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't look good. Also, speaking on the defensive side, Brandon Graham uh, is reported torn. uh, Pops his Achilles. So that is not great there. Uh, Derek Carr got an MRI today on his ankle. Yeah. your former coach, John Gruden, said, I think he's going to be able to play, but he is right now listed as questionable. How about Derek Carr, man? I was going to say, shout out to Derek Carr. Woo! I mean, I, I kind of was in the dumps because A I had chosen were. the Steelers, but he played phenomenal. I mean, from start to finish, he was sharp. He was accurate. He played with confidence. His last six quarters, Sean, have been yeah. unbelievable. I mean, he's looking really good. He's, he's leading, looking like a pro bowler. He's leading the league in passing yardage yeah, right now. He yeah. has been tremendous. So Good for uh, him. That was surprising to see that, but I'm sure he will be fine. Las Vegas, once again, they are hosting the Miami Dolphins, where they are now a three-and-a-half-point or four-point favorite, depending on where you look. Uh, another running back for the 49ers goes down. Jamichael Hasty, high ankle sprain. He is out for a handful of weeks here moving forward. The luck of the 49ers with their running backs. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go there if I was a running back. Seriously. Yeah. I think I saw Duke Johnson now might be headed there. So uh, we will see a Lamar Miller possibility. Uh, we'll go get Eric Dickerson in a second. Will Fuller, who has been uh, out dealing with some personal issues. Uh, he was back in the facility today for the Dolphins. Uh, they expect him, I think, to play on Sunday for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then Andy Dalton. Bone bruise in his knee, Sean. Bears say when he's healthy, he's QB1. (laughs) Says it all. With no words, that says it all. Uh, So there you go. Some news and notes on the injury front. Take a look at how the odds have shifted. Who's a playoff team? Who's not a playoff team with week two now? In the books, that's Sean. I'm Tim. Come on back right here on the Nightcap. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, 
You don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. for more sports betting discussion around your local teams bet rivers has you covered bet rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective the chicago detroit philadelphia and pittsburgh city casts are up and running with five new episodes every week subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts it is the nightcap here on vison alongside super bowl champ Sean King, I am Tim Murray, live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Week two is in the books. We turn our attention to week three as the Packers win 35-17 to over the Detroit Lions tonight. So we've seen some playoff movement, some in the positive, some in the negative direction, depending on how you look at it. The Tennessee Titans, so the Titans were staring in the face, Sean. Mm -hmm. They come back, they win. Derrick Henry almost, it felt like uh, he was Bruce Banner. You know, someone someone got him angry, and he was like, you don't want to see when when I'm angry. And he just went vintage Derrick Henry. And they get the win in overtime, and now you look at it, it went from minus 120 to minus 300. Are the Titans heading to the playoffs this year? I think so. And, again, there were a couple games during the first week we were trying to figure out, okay, is Tennessee that bad? Right. Is Arizona that good? Mm-hmm. Is Philadelphia as good as they showed? Like, there were some questions that I think got a little more clarity in week two, and the Tennessee Titans was one of them. And I think the jumping odds is not just what Derrick Henry did, but the fact that Julio Jones had six catches for 128 yards and looks like he's still got a Pro Bowl caliber season in him. So I think some question marks were answered is this is Derrick Henry the workload has it caught up with him and does Julio have anything left and I think you got a resounding yes to both of those questions i.e. the change in odds Derrick Henry 
He's pretty good. 35 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns. Once again. You know what's interesting? Yeah. He caught six balls and averaged 9.2 yards a catch. I'm not tackling him. Yeah. The one DB definitely didn't want to. Well, the thing about Tennessee, too, is, you know, as, as Mr. Rogers said, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is. Look at their neighborhood. Yeah. Jacksonville, Houston. Houston without Tyrod Taylor and a coach who declines a penalty and punts. <laughs> and the Indianapolis Colts who have Jacob Eason. Maybe this week Coach Cully will defer in the first and second half. <laughs> I've seen that happen before. Me too. Wow. I've seen it happen before. <laughs> I was watching a high school game and we're like, why did this team receive the kick? No, what happened was the team deferred and then the, the team said, we'll kick. Oh, man. <laughs> That wouldn't be surprising. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The Titans, I, I'm not going to say they've locked up the division. They play the Colts this week. But, man, it's especially with Carson Wentz likely out. But even with Carson Wentz healthy, I mean, who knows? So <laughs> He's not very good. No. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, we, uh, we counted them out. And maybe that was a bit premature because, you know, we, we haven't talked much about Kansas City. Because defensively, man, that team is a serious issue. But Lamar just was absolutely... They have more issues in defense. Their inability to run the football... Yeah, they can't. ...is going to really cause them problems, especially as the weather turns bad across the country. You know what their running game should be? Just get it to, to Travis Kelsey for about three yards and then just let him run. I mean, yeah, his, touch, tremendous his play. touchdown last night? Yeah. Like, what are we, are you kidding? That's yeah. against NFL caliber players, and he just, you're not going to tackle me. Yeah, they've got to get that run game fixed. And, and Clyde Edwards, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, think about, and, and this happens so much, not only in football, but in sports. The Kansas City Chiefs got into field goal range in what felt like 10 seconds. And they were just setting it up for... Uh, Harrison Butker to, to bang home the game winner and give it give a lot of credit to Oa, the, the rookie off the edge, to punch it loose mm -hmm. uh, off of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But, you know, to me, and once again, I, I defer to the guy who's actually played in the league. Right. That didn't seem like it was that hard to get it out. You know, like it, 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 I don't know what happened there with Edwards-Alaire, who, by the way, had never fumbled in the NFL prior to that. And... I went back and I was looking up the Browns game, 14 carries for 43 yards. Last night, it was 13 carries for 35 yards. And what you see is frustration starting to set in. The O-line thinks it's the running back. The running back thinks it's the O-line. The O-line and the running back think it's the play calling. Like, it's one of those things. Your mind gets distracted, so you lose sight of the fundamental aspect of the game, which is ball security equals job security. You know, take care of the football. And... I don't see how they get this fixed. I just don't think Edwards Hilaire is a running back that can move the pile. He's not a Derrick Henry type guy physically. Like to me, he's more of a third down back. I thought Jarek McKinnon did a lot of good things in the preseason. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little more variety on who gets the ball, you know, there in Kansas City. So they've got to get that run game fixed because it puts too much pressure on the O line from a pass protection standpoint. And I don't care what your O-line looks like in the NFL when you're in known passing downs all the time, those guys are going to get to the quarterback. But to the Ravens and what we're discussing here, their odds have shifted. After the loss to the Raiders, it was minus 120 for them to make the postseason. Now it has shifted back to minus 300 for them to make the postseason. Is that too much? When you look at Baltimore and everything that they're missing, they beat the Chiefs. They were a three-and-a-half-point underdog. What you've seen in Baltimore, and you've mentioned with Lamar, you know, betting against Lamar is, is not a enjoyable experience. They got the Lions this weekend where they should get fat and happy. Uh, then it's the Broncos. Then the Colts, then Chargers, the Col it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenging stretch. Doable, mm -hmm. but challenging. Um, what, what you've seen from the Ravens, what you've seen from the Browns, after two weeks, who wins the division? Browns. I'm not changing that. I just... Still, I'm still on the Browns, too. I have the Browns tickets. So but I'm, they I'm, have to have the lead. It's interesting. I think the Browns have the much better team with all the Ravens injuries, but I take Lamar second half of the fourth quarter, 10, 10 out of 10 over Baker. 
That's the only thing with the Browns that I'm uncomfortable with is Baker's ability to, when he has to actually win the game to make the plays and not make the big mishap. I.e. Kansas City is first and 10, the fourth quarter, you've given up a big lead. There's no need to force that ball, throw late on the sideline. There are two defenders there. Take the sack, throw the ball away. What does Baker do? He forces it, interception, game over. That's where Baker scares me because last year he wasn't really put in those situations because they ran the ball so effectively. A lot of times they were in four-minute offense. They weren't in a lot of last-second games. So it's unknown with him. I think Lamar has proven himself, but I still take the Browns because I think their roster overall. However, have we heard Jarvis Landry, the severity of that injury? I know he went out in the first half, I think, did not come back in the game. Week to week, sprained MCL. Okay. Odell Beckham. Out again. He, t- he tore his ACL after uh, Joe Burrow yep. tore his ACL and MCL. Joe Burrow's back playing. Odell, we're still waiting on. So I don't know if there was some kind of infection good or chance. some kind of legitimate setback, but obviously something went wrong. And good chance, uh, that's the report now, good chance uh, Odell will play this week for Cleveland uh, as he has missed the first two games <clears throat> of the season. This one feels like a little bit too much, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are now minus 165 to make the playoffs. Why does it feel like that? Look, they're 2-0. and um, I don't think they're winning the division. Seattle lost. Uh, L.A. won again, so they're 2-0. and Arizona's 2-0. and 49ers won. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at three 2-0 teams in the NFC West. Um Arizona gets the Jaguars this week, so they should be 3-0 heading into a, a showdown on the road at SoFi Stadium. I mean, they were fortunate to win that game. So we're really going to... I mean, I know a win is a win in the NFL. Whatever <clears throat> you can do. Here's what I like about that game, and here's why I'm high on the Cardinals. I mean, I love watching the Cardinals. I still think people are underestimating how talented they are. They won this game, and their two leading pass catchers were a rookie and a tight end. Rondell Moore and Max Williams had so good. 14 catches for basically 200 yards. And I think that's why they're so dangerous, because I haven't mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably the best wide receiver in the league. A.J. Green had three catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Like When you start really peeling back the layers and looking at the overall talent that Arizona has, I mean, I'm still not completely sold on Cliff Kingsbury. But I was just about to say, I'm still very hesitant about the gentleman who is but stunningly handsome. But Sometimes it doesn't always be about X's and O's. It's about Jimmy's and Joe's. And, and they luck. have some Jimmy's and Joe's. And luck, because they should have lost. 37 yards. How does that happen? Chargers are like we should have won. Oh, Mike McCarthy played the analytics to a T. 56-yarder. Nah, it's easy. Good from 70. That's Sean. I'm Tim. We'll wrap things up on the other side of the nightcap. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my game. (laughs) There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. you hire great people fast indeed delivers four times more hires than all of the job sites combined that's according to talent nest visit indeed.com slash credit wrapping things up here on the nightcap don't worry the betting talk does not stop the look ahead with scott seidenberg coming up at the top of the hour that's sean king i'm tim murray packers get a 35 17 victory over the lions or better 16 leg money line parlay at 15 right. And I don't even know how you hedged it, minus 600. If you're going to win 750 grand, you can find ways to hedge things. So tell me how would you have gone about it? If I was going to win seven, was it 750 grand? Is that 726. What? 726. Uh, but to I, take the Packers' money line, they were minus 600. Yeah, so you would have to bet 6,000 to win 1,000. I would, I would have bet $60,000. To win 10? I invested $25 in this thing, and it's either going to be $726,000 or $10,000. At least I'm getting 10 grand of a $25 ticket. Yeah. What well, would you have done? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm really asking because I don't know, but I would have never taken, I would have lost anyway, but I would have never oh, yeah. taken Detroit Moneyline. Right. I mean, and this was, once again, this was a free bet right. in Detroit. Uh, so it, I think the moral of this story is if you're going to do those exotic, like multiple day yeah. uh, parlays, make sure that you take, if you're going to go money line in the last leg, take the favorite. So if you get there and you're like, let's say they had the Packers. Money and, line, the, the, and I, it was, yeah. was 600,000 sure. to the Packers. Detroit was plus, what was it, four, four something? Uh, they were, yeah, plus 390. So you plus could, 450 at other spots. Right, so you could have put 10,000 as a hedge and picked up 45 on your 10 if Detroit won outright. Instead of having to put 60 to win 10. Once again. We do have to remember that this was a $25 free bet. Yeah, I don't think this was the not most... Not a lot of people out there uh, strategizing 16-team parlay. No. 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 Come on. Every week we've had somebody. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I saw our guy Todd Furman tweet this out. It's I like, saw that. Uh, yeah. How many of these... Because bet <laughs> books welcome your parlays. Absolutely. They want them. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, you want a seven-legger? You got it. Ten Langer, sure, bring it on in. And I thought Doug Kazarian made another good point and said, when books started losing to teasers, what happened? They changed the juice. Yeah. They made it more challenging. They made it, the risk was bigger. Now, parlays never change. They never change. So, there you go. And these books like when these are 
out there so you can start making these exotic bets. Hey, you $25 parlay, keep keep shooting. Yeah, keep making. It's like a scratch-off. Every once uh, in a while, people win their scratch-off tickets. I, I, 16 is a lot of games. It's a lot of games. Shout out to getting 15, Mike. You, you just went and you 15. And you could have, yeah. if, he, if he wanted to hedge and put, you know, I mean, the money line here was 470. So a little better odds. You could have, you know, put, you got someone out there who would give you 10 grand. You know, there you go. Or 100 grand, whatever. Um, all right. The Packers win. And they are now one and one. They get the cover which uh, I don't think a lot of people felt like was going to happen. So the Packers moving forward now have San Francisco on Sunday night football. And looking at that line, San Francisco consensus three and a half point favorite at home against Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay money line. Why? Because of what just happened with the Raiders and the Steelers. And I got caught in this trap about flying cross country Short week, go with the better quarterback. Derek Carr is better than Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. So I'm going Aaron Rodgers is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's I'm going with the better quarterback. Going with the better quarterback, and you're getting points with the better quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to take a money line. All right. Right now you can, uh, let's see, plus 170 here at Circa. And another spot's DraftKings as well, plus 170 mm-hmm. for the pack. What about the game of the week, the one that we're tr- – Trying to figure out how you get to Tampa at the Rams. Maybe an NFC Championship preview. Both teams unbeaten. Um, we didn't talk much about Tampa's performance yesterday against Atlanta. Nothing to say. Just Brady's the GOAT. So good. But the Rams win this game. Really? So, yep. Tampa's first true road game on the season. They're extremely banged up. You know what I mean? That secondary, they're down to... I mean, they're hurting. And... uh I think their inability to run the ball is going to hurt them in this game. I think the formidable pass rush of the Rams is not one that you want to drop back and throw the ball every down against. It's not the Falcons or the Cowboys from a pass rush standpoint. And I just like where the Rams are in this spot. Now, I think NFC Championship game, Tampa's all the way healthy. It's a different story, but I like the Rams here to win this game. How about this spot? Another 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific spot. Minnesota now licking their wounds after losing in the fashion that they did. Mm-hmm. Seattle is laying a very short number on the road at Minnesota. Now, Seattle's coming off a tough loss, too. They blow the lead. They lose in overtime. Minnesota, to me, I mean, offensively, I thought Dalvin Cook was getting it, getting it going there. Um you know, Kirk played pretty well, made some plays down the stretch to, to get them into field goal range. Seattle laying a point and a half, one and a half, at Minnesota on Sunday. Oh, I hate it for Mike Zimmer. It's probably his last campaign as a head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. But Russell, I like Minnesota here. But... Uh, Russell and those guys don't lose two games in a row that often. That's I would true. like Minnesota more if Seattle had find a, found a way, way to, to, win. to win the Tennessee game. That's true. If yeah. they had beaten Tennessee, I would love Minnesota in this yeah. spot because the line wouldn't have changed. The line yeah. would be the same. But Seattle will be focused. They'll, they'll be locked in. I, I, I like Seattle in this spot. Thanks for Minnesota. Yeah, to go 0-3. They played two games that are borderline I'm not so convinced. I'm not so convinced. Betting against Russell Wilson does not is not enjoyable. By the way... Uh, it's a high total, so that always scares me off on the teaser. But a home team, you could push them up to seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Seattle doesn't really blow out teams, as we know. Facts. <laughs> it's always close. Uh, it's always and, and, Russell and, Wilson's down by three with the ball in his hands. So to put a ribbon on this game. Seattle thoroughly outplayed Tennessee for the majority of this game. Yeah. You know, they let their foot off the gas just slightly at the end, and all of a sudden they were in overtime. But Seattle's a really good football team. Kansas City is now one and nine ATS in their last ten regular season games. Mm-hmm. Eight and two straight up. They are laying six and a half against the Chargers at home on Sunday afternoon. I'm going Chargers here. Went out right. I think that Chiefs defense. I mean, I don't think I know that Chiefs defense has some. Serious issues. Yeah, and did you see Austin Eckler and how he's running the ball? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see how talented Justin Herbert is? They have guys now. Too. I definitely would take the points. Mike Williams looks like he's going to blossom into an elite player. Um, you have Keenan Allen on the other side. 
And I, this defense is right on the, the, the edge for a breakout performance. I'm telling you, I, I like the Chargers to make this a four-quarter game. I think they're going to win this game. New People are going to be talking about pushing the panic button in Kansas City. Betting against Mahomes to lose a game at home I know. when he's the magic man at times, I would definitely take the points, though. Browns, 22-10. If they don't self-implode, they win. They fumbled. They uh, threw a bad interception on first down, and the punter decided not to punt the ball. That's Chad, how Kansas City won. Chad Henney, though, baby. Chad Henney saving the day with his run. Uh, and then his quick throw on fourth down. Um, New Orleans at New England. This now sits at three pretty much across the board. Uh, looks like it's likely headed to two and a half at some point. Saints money line. They have all their coaches this week. Yeah, that's true. They were dealing with COVID issues. Watch how important this is. Think back to last week. Travis Kelsey's on the uh, Monday night mm-hmm. uh, side show that they doesn't have. Know. Doesn't even know who they're playing. Right. Players don't have anything to do with the game plan the majority of the time. They just show up, and the coach tells them, okay, this is how we're going to attack this. This is your part in that attack. The Saints are missing over half their staff. So who was doing the coaching, the implementation of the game plan against a really, really good Carolina team on the road. I think this sets up perfectly. The Saints, all their coaches will be back. They're going to go in. They're going to be a lot closer to that Packers-Saints team that we saw. I think they get the outright win. Tennessee, by the way, in an AFC North or AFC South showdown, five-point favorite at home against the Colts. Got a lot more to get to. A lot of focus on college football, our overreactions. That'll come up tomorrow thanks to Ben Fox. Thanks to Brad Powers and his thoughts on the board. For Sean King, I'm Tim Murray. Thanks to Aaron, Taylor, Nick, everyone behind the scenes. The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg up next. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.